Today, my guest is Grace Brody. Grace is the current patron of the Queensland Pony Club Association and has been involved in Pony Club and horses in general for all of her life. Afternoon, Grace. How are you? I'm fine, thank you, yes. That's good. You do hail from Taroom and have done for quite a while, but uh, how long ago and when did you arrive in Taroom and, and what was the start of, of your career in um, at, at Taroom and in Pony Club? Um. Well, originally I lived south of the Al Condamine Highway and um, always into horses, even before I was married. But then I was married there to Michael Brody, who was a local there too. And after, oh, in the second year of their marriage, we bought this place here, which we call Riverview. But at the time, it was just a 22,000-acre paddock. It had nothing on it at all, excepting a boundary fence. That was in 1955 we actually came here to live. So it's fairly satisfying to think that everything that's here we've actually put here. So <laughs> basically. <laughs> that would have been a fairly big challenge back then to start out from scratch with uh, with nothing but the, uh, the will of hard work to succeed. So 1955 um, and yeah. from then just hard work and, and sheer determination. Yes, and it's a case of if you've never had anything, you don't miss it, so you just work <laughs> on from, from there. And uh, it, was, it was absolutely fantastic, actually. And we actually brought, we, you know, we were always into horses before camp drafting, etc. and uh, we brought our horses, actually we brought 26 out originally. I don't know why we thought we needed 26, but anyway, <laughs> that's what came with us, and uh, <laughs> we moved on from there. Well, thinking along the lines of Pony Club, actually, Pony Club Queensland was only affiliated in 1959. Um, before that, there were quite a few clubs that had been going for a few years, like well, Southport was one, and Maranoa was another one. But it was actually, uh, they actually got together and was officially affiliated in 1959. So, of course, there were no Pony Clubs, no Pony Club here then. Mm. But it was 1961 that um, a group of uh, interested people got together and thought that we should have a pony club. At the time, I had a two-year-old and a baby, and, and they invited me to join them. So, you know, it went on from there. We struck the school for us, and 29 of us lined up the first one. There were people from all over this area, plus Theodore and the like. So. Yeah, well, that was sort of our beginnings of the pony club here. And so after that, did you know, I mean, like you said, you had a two-year-old and a baby and clearly you were involved in horses and could ride. So what sort of sparked your interest to think, I need to stay involved in this pony club in its fledgling years and bring our kids along and become involved? Was it, you know, it was a social outing or it was something you felt was really important or did you think that was the quickest and easiest way for your kids to be taught to ride and ride properly? Well, possibly that wasn't possibly the thought at the time. I mean, we were always into horses and it was, you know, a fairly important part of our lives. And, and we took it for granted that our children would ride, I suppose, because it was just one of those things. But, um, but so, yeah, so we moved on. And I mean, our eldest, eldest well, she, she started riding when she was about three and 
and um, as they do when they're in the country. <laughs> but, yeah, but it kind of evolves from there. Actually, I, I, um, I we had six children, and um, they all rode. They all were involved with horses, some more than others. You know, in camp rafting and polo cross and whatever. I even had a bit of a last of training racehorses. <laughs> <laughs> So, I don't know, it's, it's it's sort of a thing that you do, isn't it? And uh, pony club-wise, I suppose, it, it, it's evolved quite a bit. And, of course, once you're involved, you seem to, you know, be into it. And pony club itself in Queensland, well, I think we had 26 zones. And then probably in the 80s, our state chief instructor at that time was a wonderful man, Ned Tuhill. And uh, he was the type of person that... He told you to stand on your head, you give it a go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he was really wonderful. Actually, he died very suddenly in 2000, so that was, you know, he was missed, but others, others have taken on from him. Anyway, in the 80s, he decided that we probably should, um, well, anyway, we formed regions. The state was formed in the seven regions, and I was made regional director of one of them, which was Western. We just went from like Chinchilla and Quilty and Kanamala and beyond. But That's each a- um, of these was <laughs> a fair a fair scope, but we, we covered all those areas. Yeah, that's a fairly big region. It was a fairly big region, yes, it was. And each region had a, a regional director and then a small panel of helpers. But uh, it wasn't long before they increased that to ten. So they gave me from here to Mitchell and somebody else did St George to Quilty area. So that was a bit of a relief. Yeah. So you became an instructor and you're an integral part of the Taroom um, Pony Club. Let's come back to the Taroom Pony yeah. Club for a, for a minute. Uh, you told me the other day when I was talking to you before this interview that it's never been in recess. And I'm guessing you've been involved since 1961. Is that right? 61, yeah. 1961, yes, uh, continually. What roles have you held in the, the Taroom Pony Club in all of that time? Well, I was an instructor. I progressed up to, um, you know, we started with level C and I progressed up to level A. I was the chief instructor of the Pony Club here for, for a fair while and, um, well, for a long time, really. I'm actually the zone chief instructor now, which was just keeps things in order. But we had, our club here was very successful. We had huge numbers. And on at least two occasions, we took over 40 riders to a Gymkhana chinchilla. And we would have had like 60 membership, which throughout here was pretty big, really. I was going to say, big numbers for a, for a town the size of, or district and community the size of Taroom. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. As, as as an instructor, do you then have to, you know, instruct others on how to do it or is that um, arm taken up by another wing of, of Pony Club Queensland or, you know, once you're an instructor, you have to teach other people to be instructors? How does the process work? Yes. Yeah, that's correct. Um, of course, you know, the children are the most important, the basic things for the, for the young riders. But uh, in the 80s, I was... Um, put on the state chief instructors panel. The state has a panel of about 20-something, and we're responsible for um, 
you know, the general instruction with, within our zone, really, but everywhere. And also with that, we um, have instructor schools and, and then we accredit other instructors. And actually, we do quite a lot, really, because we do, um, like, course building, jump judging, all the disciplines. And I actually qualified to um, accredit people for course building and jump judging, which I judge as well. And, um, and so I really enjoy teaching and seeing the other adults come through. And, and you know, it, it's quite a responsibility. You know, it's a fairly good system. Um, I think this year might be a little bit down because of this coronavirus, but um, our numbers in Queensland, say, have been like 12,000. It's quite a sizable number. So if a pony club forms in a community, do they have to have a qualified instructor? Um, so is there a, a process that they have to go through or is it at the discretion of each club how much they put into it? No, no, they, ha- they have to have a, at least one qualified instructor. Initially, if a new club desires to, you know, to form a club, they go to the state body and then the state body then appoints a commissioner and the commissioner goes and inspects the club as to what they've got and their safety measures and all that sort of stuff and, and gives advice. And, um, yes, and then they're expected quite often when they start, they do have an instructor there, but uh, they do have to have, to have rallies and teach children on horses. They have to have a qualified person there. Insurance rules are very, very um, strict, I suppose, at the moment, or have been for quite a while. If they haven't got a, anyone, well, they thought someone will come from the neighbouring club until they're able to get you know, an instructor of their own. But they must have at least one qualified instructor, yeah. Clearly, over the years, you'll have taught thousands of children to ride. Do you find that when you, you go to communities that are predominantly rule-based communities, the kids are more confident? Are they harder to bend into riding the correct way rather than the way they think they should be riding? Or are the city kids the ones who are full of ears and eyes and, uh, you know, are like sponges and take on every word you say, which are the easiest to teach? Well, well, I suppose the country kids are the ones that can ride. They can normally get out there and ride and you have to fine-tune them a bit. In the cities, possibly more to the Olympic disciplines, we cover everything. I think to be an all-round horse person, you have to cover the lot. The Olympic disciplines being dressage, show jumping, jumping equitation and the combined training and eventing. But a lot of the city, well, they do now, but a lot of the city children have opportunities for camp drafting and Stockman's Challenge and that type of thing. But, um, you know, they they love it. Um, everyone seems to, you know, get involved with everything. I like teaching, but actually I do like teaching the basics, you know, their mounting and dismounting and, and those types of things. And also... Possibly I've got a bit of a passion for the show jumping and, and jumping equitation. But yes, no, on the whole, there's some pretty wonderful people uh, involved. I remember one instructor telling us, if you kept your children riding until they were 18, it solved a lot of problems. <laughs> 
I'm sure I'd, you'd agree, wouldn't you? Even, even if they never rode after us, if you kept them riding and involved with horses till they were 18, you'd done a good job. Pony Club would have led you to lots of show rings around the state. Have you done a lot of judging of um, of all disciplines within the show ring, or as an instructor, do you sort of think it's not your role to be a judge as well? No, I've done quite a lot of judging, for better or worse. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yes, I've done a lot of judging. I've judged, you know, lot well, show jumping is probably my passion on the course building, but I've done dressage and hacks and all that, um, those things as well. So. Sometimes in the country areas, it's difficult to get jobs. So even although you think, oh, you know, you can't let them down. Mm. So how far away from home have you been to judge? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've been to Ingham. Gosh. Which is a fair way up. Yes. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I judged jumping at the Rockhampton show one year. So that was pretty special. Yeah, I did a little stint at the exhibition one year. I was basically doing um, pairs and teams of four, etc. And so, have you ever competed yourself in the show ring, or did you find that you've always been too busy on the other side trying to help everyone else get there? Oh no, I, I did. I I competed all the time. I competed in hacks and jumping and camp drafting and polo cross and. All of those things, yes. I, I did that for a very long time and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed that too. So, But, you can, you know, if you really want to, you can cover it all. Yeah. So uh, over the period, I did have two quite nice hacks and uh, with the family were all into camp drafting and my husband and I were into it before we had children. So, you know, I, I did compete quite a lot actually. And so, you know, with your own children, six children, obviously they went to Pony Club in Tarum, but, you know, did you pack them all up and go on sort of a bit of a circuit at showtime to uh, compete in the shows or did you just find that was like trying to herd cats? No, we did a little bit of everything. We went to the shows, mainly the reasonably local ones, but, of course, then later on they went far and wide with their camp drafting, etc. A couple of the girls represented... Queensland in Polo Cross and, you know, they, yeah, it's it's one big, long, crazy horse thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is. Teaching the little kids to ride. I, I guess um, there's a number of parents around who they did it, so that's all they want their child to be able to do is go to Pony Club and ride. Yeah. And so the mother yeah. or father who's living their life through their child turns up at Pony Club. Their child is not really that interested in it and, in, in quite frankly, is scared stiff of the horse. Where do yeah. you start with a child like that and how do you approach a, a situation like that? Well, it's very, very important to not overface children in any way. Um, we get a lot of children that parents are not horse people and um, they don't really understand. They think, you know, they see people riding, you can get on and ride, but it's very, very important not to overface children. You know, don't have them falling off. I know, particularly with the jumping, you've got all these little people and, and you've got a whole lot of jumps set up and they're all petrified. So, you know, you send them around to follow on and have them really go and you make sure you make sure they're happy with what they're doing. And then some of them all go on to do bigger things and some of them won't go any higher, but they will go into something else. 
So uh, we have some very, very ambitious parents, as you <laughs> might imagine, uh, which, is, which is perfectly natural. But yeah. I do think, and you know, in my experience watching other instructors as well, it is very, very important not to overface them. And if a child comes to pony club and the horse is totally unsuitable, well, we will put them in the yard and mm. make sure that they, you know, that they can't get away. But also, you do have to tell the parents, you know, that horse is not suitable. You will have to, you know, get something else. Yep. It's hard to do, but child safety is paramount. Yeah. In your long career, have you had to sort of pull some overzealous parents aside and go, you know what? This little child just really hates this. Why are you doing it? Oh, yeah. One of my girls said one day that, you know, if you go to a polo cross carnival, everybody's there because they want to play polo cross. Sometimes you come to these pony club events and um, these people have got a child and a gooseneck and a horse and they all think they're ducks and swans. And so it's a fairly difficult road. <laughs> um, getting back to the other, you know, with the state, with the state body, um, we do have three state championships every year mm-hmm. in the holidays. There'll be uh, four days, two days jumping equitation and two days jumping will be one. Another one will be the eventing, which is over five days, which is the dressage combined training and eventing. And the other one is also over five days, which is a formal gymkhana, sporting, Dockman's Challenge, camp drafting, and mounted games. So that's all fairly intense, but you know, very popular. That would be a big, um, a big gymkhana. So what's changed in your time, uh, you know, with Pony Club other than, you know, like you say, everyone now turns up with a gooseneck and things, they don't come in a little old truck or a little yeah. old horse float. Um, what have you seen yeah. change in relation to uh, the kids, you know, the way you teach, the expectations? What have been some of the bigger changes that you've seen in your time? I think people have more access now. They get in quite a few professional um, coaches. Hmm. Uh, there are some very good coaches, uh, um, like they get in someone like for show jumping for a weekend, or they, they get very, very competitive. And um, Pony Club has introduced things like, well, the camp drafting, I think it was fairly ongoing, but Stockman's Challenge and the formal Jim Carner. And so they were sort of major, major changes, I suppose. But um, on the whole, you know. Uh, one major change was originally Pony Club went to till you were seventeen, and mm. then up to twenty one, and now it's up to under twenty six. So that involves quite a few more people. Yeah. Do you have have a lot of competitors still in that eighteen to twenty six age bracket? Is that still a popular thing? Well, I suppose if you um, consider a state championship, say the camp drafting, well, the age group right from, uh, we say, 21 to 26, could have 50 in it. Yep, gee. You know, it's, it's, quite, it's quite big, quite mm. big, yes. So they say, I mean, naturally they've got other lives, and some of them are married with children of their own. Yeah. And uh, they, um, but they still like to, you know, but they have to qualify. 
I have mm. to be genuine pony clubbers. I have to have do qualifying events leading up to it. So, uh, but no, no, there's quite a big following for that, that age group. Yeah. I guess certainly in those communities that are are more urban, it's their opportunity to be able to uh, continue to do it, and probably the only opportunity they get to be involved with their horse. Um, just back on a personal note, I know that um, you know you taught all your children to ride, and they're all very good riders. Your grandchildren ride, and you've now got great grandchildren riding within Tarum Pony Club and at the Tarum Show. That must give you an enormous amount of pride and pleasure. <laughs> yes, yes, I have got some great grandchildren riding, and nearly nearly all my grandchildren ride. Some some of them still are, of course, yeah. yeah. But uh, yes, I've got. Great-grandchildren, that's a pretty big thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there'll be too many other great-grandmas still involved with Pony Club to the level that you are. Um, <laughs> over your time, you would have seen some funny incidences. Can you think of a couple that, you know, you still look back at and have a bit of a giggle and a bit of a smile thinking, God, that was a funny day? Well, not so much, I suppose. I know that back when we were first engaged, we were at a party when we were just talking between ourselves and somebody was going to come over and, and speak with us and said, oh, they're just engaged. Don't interrupt them. And he said, oh, it won't matter. They'll only be talking horses. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, still, that still strikes me as a bit funny. <laughs> <laughs> and if only they knew. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's not... Um, I can't remember a lot of very humorous stuff, really. There's always little tweaks, I suppose. I'm probably a bit serious about the horses and stuff. I'm certainly very serious about the safety and all that sort of thing, as we all should do. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you can be too serious about that sort of stuff because no doubt over your time you've seen some fairly good busters that you probably thought were avoidable if there'd been a few safety measures in place. Oh, I just like to avoid it before it happens, if you possibly can. When people are going to buy a pony for their children, especially the people that are not really horse people, I say to them, if you're going to buy a, a pony or a horse for your little child that may be a bit nervous, an adult or yourself, you must give it every second ride. Oh, no, we're just buying it for the children. So they will buy a pony, a great pony. Six months down the track, the child can't ride it. And that is still happening, which is very sad. They really have to be sensible about so they want something on gut. Yeah, exactly. When someone comes to you and says, we want to buy, you know, our daughter a new pony or the, her first pony, what should we look for? Yeah. What do you tell them that in your mind as, as a mother, firstly and foremost, and as a pony club instructor who's taught thousands of kids to ride, what should they look for? Well, depending on where the child's starting, I think it's very really important not to overface them. Yep. Start off with that bomb proof if, if there's ever such a thing. Mm. And make haste slowly, you know, don't some of them they just want the next pony and the next pony. You know, just make haste a little bit more slowly. It's only natural. Some children will ride really well from an early age and some of them take much longer and they're still getting the same enjoyment out of it, but, you know, you want them to be safe and, you know, let's face it, the, 
a horse that's got four legs and a mind of its own, hasn't it? It certainly does. It certainly does. Over the time, you would have seen some some beautiful horses. Is there any that still stand out to you to this day to go, that horse was just the most beautiful horse that belonged to so-and-so? Oh, yes, yes, lots. I don't know whether I can just name it at this moment, but there's lots of horses that I've really... Um, possibly another thing is I've, the, the, the riders, you know. I see a rider and I think oh, that rider is really special. Yep. And you see them come through and they prove you right. <laughs> <laughs> They've yeah. got, they've got, you know, they sit beautifully and they ride beautifully. But no, actually, I used to go to the races, and my main thing was to um, observe the horses that came last in case they wanted to sell them for hacks. That was probably a bit weird. <laughs> I, did, I got some too. I did get some. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, over your time. You know, again, all the people you've seen ride. Is there things that people do that just really irritate you? Where you think, I just want to go over there and really show that person what they're doing wrong. Well, yes, yeah, thing that really bugs me is that those sort of people. It's never their fault. Hmm. It's somebody. <laughs> it's something else's fault. You know, they they. Oh, I can't do this because of. But yeah. yes, you can. You know they. They, uh, but I do, I do correct them. I, I'm not really outspoken, but I do, I, you know, if if I think it's my business, I do speak to them. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've got to be a little bit careful along the way because they all know best, don't they? Yeah, they do. I know that sometimes you've got quite a handy rider and their horses balking and the likes and, oh, it's not them, it's something else. It's... The horse's fault or something else's fault. Well, it certainly is not. <laughs> yeah, I, I announced the, the theatre show last year, and the judge they had there was for the Versailles and stuff was a really nice person, and they took a lot of time to pull, particularly the smaller ones aside, and say, you know, you were really good, but you know, if you just had your legs forward, or if you just, you know, whatever it was that she thought that they were doing, yeah. that they could have done better. And mm. I thought that was a, a really nice uh, touch for those kids who um, were part of the Pony Club from Theodore, but someone with another set of eyes had yeah. looked upon them. Mm. Yeah. Yes. That's so right. You know, if people have got some um, really constructive criticism, that's great. Actually, I did the show jumping at Theodore for three years. Yeah. Way back. But uh, I got, I've been to a lot of schools, other people, you know. I I know back in the 70s I went to um, a whole group of us went to Brisbane and rode. We had Franz Moringa. Do you remember him at all? He was a very famous, he trained the Olympic teams and stuff. Yeah. He was a man yeah. from Austria, mm. actually. Mm. And, and we had a week with him, you know, riding with him. But I... I go, I've been to a lot of things like George Morris, a man that comes from America. You go and sit and listen to him and, and you know, Martin, Martin Black. And they're so good. And I think everyone really, if they get the opportunity, should go and listen to those people that really do know what they're talking about. Mm. You can't ever have too much knowledge, can you? And you're always someone who knows maybe not more, but does things differently to you that it can always be a benefit. And I think um, Pony Club is probably one of those organisations where that is that is very true when you have so many instructors yeah. who have a different bent on, yeah. on things. So back to, to you, um, 
did you enjoy teaching your own children to ride or did you find that fairly frustrating and have to hand that over to somebody else or? Well, well, actually, we spent the time teaching them. Um, but that's a funny story because uh, um, I remember this one time one of the girls went to a school somewhere else and when she came back, she said, oh, Mum, you've had it all wrong. <laughs> I said, okay, what have I had wrong? And... Um, and she said, oh, this fellow said such and such, exactly what I'd been telling them. <laughs> <laughs> Just not the <laughs> same words. <laughs> that, that's, pretty, that's pretty normal. That's pretty normal. But Michael was very good horseman too. He was wonderfully patient with our kids. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they were little, he'd take them high and, you know, just... No, no. But, you know, it was good. They went to pony club and other people taught them too, but... Uh, but um, no, I was quite happy. That they they listened to me. They listened to us. Well, you did a good job because they're certainly beautiful horsewomen. Um, I haven't seen John ride so much, but I've seen a lot of the girls, and and yeah, they certainly are. Um, yeah, are good riders. And Marina, in particular, she's still very much involved in it, and you must be very proud of her. She does she does very well with what she does. Yes, well, you know, she was like. Lady Tamcrafter of the Year one year, but she's gone to cutting and she's really, really enjoying that. <laughs> so, have so, you been to much cutting? Do you understand that yet? Do, do I? Yes. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit different. It is it's, very different. It's a bit different. She said it's one of the hardest things. She had to, you know, you know, just with a little slip of the finger, you can ruin the whole workout. But no, she, she's enjoying it. It is very different. It is very different. Yeah. Just on the on the way forward for Pony Club, once we get over the COVID issues, uh, do you think Pony Club will continue to grow? Do you think they'll need to make changes to keep it attractive to people or do you think they've got a fairly uh, well-oiled machine at the moment? I think it'll grow. I, we've got some very, very good young people in it too that are instructors that have come through the ranks themselves. I, I can't see it going backwards. I think we'll still go well. And the championships that are in place, well, you know, it's a great incentive for people to do their qualifiers and so on. But there is a big place too, of course, for the for the little basic riders that don't really want to go to competition. And we want to never forget them. You know, their time is just important to them as it is for the ones that are competing at a high level. But we do concentrate on those too, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess those ones are the bread and butter of the of Pony Club, aren't they, that want to just go and learn to ride and ride properly. Yeah. And it's, you know, it is a bit like riding a bike. Once you learn how to do it properly, you never really forget it, do you? No, that's so right. No, you don't, no. And, and the things we teach, you know, for instance, like rain drill mounting and dismounting, it's just polishing up what you should do for safety every time you get on. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's, there's no big, you know, wild science attached to it. Or <laughs> no, no, it's all, it's all, it's all, it's all great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Grace? Well, I can't see that we'll not still have a great bunch of people that are interested in doing this sort of stuff. You know, a few people come in, and if it's really not for them, they don't stay, and that doesn't matter. But We've got people that, you know, stay on and struck the base. Well, actually, I've got to be the oldest now. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
No, let's just say you're the most knowledgeable, not necessarily the oldest. You're just the most knowledgeable. Well, I don't know know about that. (laughs) But no, no, it's it's great. You make very, very close friends, you know, adults like I I have made because of, you know, we've got this state chief instructors panel. We meet twice a year. I don't think I've missed a meeting in however many years, 30-something years. So it's a great organisation, I think. That's wonderful. Okay, Grace, thank you. That's Grace Brody, who is the current patron of the Queensland Pony Club Association. We thank Grace and we wish her many more years of instructing and looking after kids riding at Pony Club. Thank you, Kay. From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications, specialising in rural business and marketing design. Find them on Facebook and Instagram.